The content of this episode contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Mature audience is recommended. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sierra. I'm Ian. I'm Chloe. I'm Ashley. And we're the Unqualified Culinary Critics. So to start off, to introduce what our podcast is all about, is that when you were a kid, your parents probably wanted you to, you know, eat all your food, grow up to be big and strong, get strong bones, like all that stuff. And they always told you, make sure you clean your plate, meaning leave nothing on the plate. I think that's where we want to begin because family was such a strong thing, probably for all of us. And we have those fond memories of eating those foods with our family. With that, Sierra, do you have anything uh, that was unique to you growing up and what your family had uh, eating? Um, I guess, I don't know how unique it is, but so my mom has been vegan for, God, like five years now, vegetarian since she was 16. So about 30-ish years. She, when I was really young, she showed me this food called spaghetti squash. I don't think it's extremely unique. Basically, it's like she now puts it in a crock pot, but cooks that for a few hours. And then you take like a fork and you start scraping all the insides out, mix that with some pasta sauce. And then we add Kalamata olives to it and Mm -hmm. Parmesan. It's so good, but I used to hate it. Just the texture. It's a hard thing to get used to. And it's very odd. It's not really spaghetti. Yeah, I feel that because my my family had, we went through a period where my parents were on a special diet and they had spaghetti squash. And I remember they wanted us to all try it. So they made it for the five of us. And I think one bite was enough for me to realize this is something I'm never eating again because the texture was like crunchy. And I think that put me off so much, it made it taste bad. Mm-hmm. So I just went back and said, forget that. I'm making my own spaghetti. You guys eat your special spaghetti squash. That's not for me. And I was done with that right away. Yeah, I probably would never eat it had it not been for my mom. But like the texture, I get really weird with textures, but it's so good. I can't stop. See, when I've had spaghetti squash, when I've had it, it's been so mushy. I haven't had a crunchy experience. So whenever I think about, about it, I think of it being like snot. And the idea of it makes me want to gag. That's it's bad, a too. Ugly. That's bad, too. I, to me, the consistency, it, it off puts me the same way coconut. I don't like the consistency of, like, coconut. Does that make what sense? What kind of coconut are we talking Like, shredded coconut. That consistency is awful to my mouth. And I just, like, the taste, it's not the taste. It has nothing to do with that. It is straight consistency. It just makes me want to be like, get this out of my mouth. Isn't that, like, hash browns, though? Now, see, hash browns is different because the way, well, at least for me, the way I cook hash browns, I get them crunchy. So it's like, well done. Do you know what I mean? Like there's some like char, not char, but it's yeah, definitely brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree with your coconut statement because I just don't like coconuts at all. See, but like mushy isn't a problem for me because I'll eat mashed potatoes. I'll eat mashed potatoes all day, all night. But something about the coconut consistency just messes with my mouth. If things are too mushy and don't have enough texture, I literally get sick to my stomach. Like I need <laughs> some crunch. I need some texture. Like, if it's all, like, mashed potatoes, like, I will be sick. It's just, like, eating glue or gobs of just wet paper. Like, I just can't do it. (laughs) No matter how good it is. You'd be no good with, like, cream of wheat. I like cream of wheat, but... But you can't eat too much of it. I can't eat too much of it. Yeah, I feel that. And I don't know what you're supposed to do with cream of wheat, but I definitely bite my cream of wheat. Like, I still... Are you supposed to chew cream of wheat? Well, so the way I learned how to make cream of wheat is I learned how to make the lumps in them. So parts of it are like thicker and you have to chew to so get through it. Have to chew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like mi- it's mixed like in. Soup. It's mixed in with like 
the very creamy part, but then also there's clumps where you got to chew it. So it throws off your taste buds to think it's not just mush. Nope. Mm, I could not handle that. Yeah. No. Be too weird. The lumps in it? Yes. Oh, Mixed with the like the part. creaminess of it, it, it would... I don't know. It kind of makes me sick right now. Like I couldn't do that. Well, now I gotta think. I don't. I gotta think about how you guys make cream of wheat. Because if it's if yours is very like creamy and watery, then I feel what you guys are saying. But mine is like a pretty consistent thickness with some extra thick parts. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're overestimating how much you think I've made cream of wheat. Well, I used to grow up on that stuff. Some cream of wheat and a couple pieces of toast, and you dip the toast in the cream of toast wheat. Toast and cream oh, of wheat. Oh yeah, Does that the toast was the have, stuff. Like jam or anything? No, I just put butter on it. Some butter, toast, and some cream of That's wheat. That's actually really disturbing to me. But I, okay, so the it wasn't just cream of wheat. We would also put brown sugar in it too. Okay. So there was some sweet to the cream of wheat. It wasn't straight cream of wheat. I don't know. I I feel like textures are really important yes. in the food like I grew up in. Like, the one food that my family makes that's, like, a family thing, I've tried to find recipes online. Like, when I was younger, I was like, that might be fun. Maybe other people do the same thing. I haven't been able to find it. It's called Bignette. Supposedly, it's from Italy. But what it is, we put it through a grinder. But it's parsley. It's onions. It's garlic. Mm. It's crackers. There's some vinegar in there. Okay. And it is this green goo basically and it is the best thing um we make it about every summer it takes about three people to make because you have to wash all the parsley like twice and then you got to de-stem the parsley and then you got to put it through the grinder yeah and then it oh and it has anchovies so do you does it get mixed in with anything or it's just a standalone dish so you put it on we put it on everything so you put it on stuff it becomes like a sauce it's not even like it's like a spread okay and we put it on like bugles. Uh, my grandpa puts it on his eggs. Okay. We put it on a ham sandwich. Is it kind of like a chimichurri? Chimichurri from when I've had it is definitely like thinner, more like oily. This yeah. is like, I eat it by the spoonful. Okay, okay, okay. I got like, that's you. That's my preferred method. So it's like, like a green jam. Yeah. Okay. And people put it on crackers. But I'm like, cut out the middleman, just give it to me on a spoon. But it's one of the things where my dad didn't grow up eating it, but he really likes it. Whereas my aunt, if my uncle eats it, because I mean, there's anchovies, there's garlic and onion, you smell bad. <laughs> like my aunt will make my uncle like sleep in a different bed or brush his teeth before bed. Like it smells. Oh, you got a, you got a Listerine. You got a Listerine after that. Yeah. And there's like green parsley in your teeth, but it's the best thing. You know, you're, if you're in my grandpa's good graces, if he, by depending on how much he gives you of this in Tupperware, and he'll tell you about back in like the old country, his grandma used to make it, and they used to have this like baby jar container for the whole family, and now we get these big, you know, Tupperware containers. Oh, he's making of it. bucket loads of this stuff. Yeah, like it has to be spread out, but then it's so everybody wants some. That's interesting. If not, that's when you got to hold a secret stash and put it in yeah. the back, so but not like, everybody takes all, everything. There's I'm no sure. recipe for it though. You just know if it's right by taste. Okay, so it's one of those things where he's sitting there tasting it over I'm, and like, over. I'm, I'm like certified to taste it. My mom is, and it's like never right. The first time you always have to add a little vinegar, a little bit more onion. That's it's my never right. That's my mom when she makes pozole because she knows how to make the sauce the right way. She'll ask me to taste it, and I'll be like, I think it needs more salt. I think it needs to be a little mark. hotter, but I'm not sure. Whereas she'll taste it and go, yeah, it definitely needs more pepper. And I'm like, how did you know that? Or she'll, she'll drink or she'll taste it and she'll go, definitely needs more paprika. And I go, how do you know paprika is the right one? 
But I know what paprika tastes like by itself. No, some people just have like the craziest taste buds. I'm always amazed by chefs on TV. They're like, like this one little thing that you need just a pinch of, you need more of it. How do you know? It's just so funny because it's it's not related to food, but I drank some wine one time and the guy asked me, he goes, what do you think of that? I go, well, it's really smooth. And he goes, that's not how you describe wine. I go, well, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't drink wine that often, but it went down real smooth and I could drink that whole bottle real quick. And he, he was like, that's the first time I ever heard somebody describe wine as smooth. I said, well, you just learned something new today. <laughs> I've just described wine as smooth. Like sometimes wine just like has like a kick, like the one where you like have to shiver after you drink it because it's like that was kind of rock gutty that's like all red wine to me really yeah, yeah. yeah i used to be like girl. that i used to be like that but i grew up in a catholic church so i was drinking yeah. wine from that the age Paisano, of seven yeah that's my all my grandpa i remember he had to make me my own glass of kool-aid wine so that way i felt included <laughs> my mom used to be in crackers for communion because i'd, I'd cry i love communion crackers. i'd cry if we didn't get the uh unleavened bread so she'd make us close our eyes She'd give us a cracker and then we eat the cracker and be like, I did it. Nope, didn't do it. You can buy those by like the bucket loads now. I know. Yeah, I love them. Just I go ham. See, I don't know the, what it is about carbs, but yeah. it's my favorite thing. The illusion of unleavened bread got broken for me when I was actually going through First Communion and our the nun that we were practicing with made us practice doing it. So she brought out a sleeve of unleavened bread yeah, and we practiced un, un, it. But because it, wasn't un, it was unblessed, we could eat it. And I was like, so I could have done this the whole time. That's messed <laughs> up. And that's when I knew. I was like, my mom's been tricking me for these, all these years. That's messed up. <laughs> that's what parents do. They will do that. Yeah. Just like they find a way to get you to eat all your veggies and food and everything. And that's one thing my parents never like had a problem with was, I guess they never made it into a thing where like oh most kids don't like broccoli it's like broccoli's what's for dinner but it's funny because you know like a lot of kids they're like when i grow up i'm never gonna eat broccoli again and my dad like has done that like they used to have the same meal every night of the week so on mondays they'd have like spaghetti this man will not eat meatloaf like i've only had meatloaf like once in my life but he has like truly made it his mission to never have these foods that he grew up eating again Mm, i feel that I don't know. My parents, like, well, growing up, I was pretty picky. I didn't like vegetables. I still don't like a lot of fruit. That's a weird thing, I know. But they would make us try it. So I'd take a bite and be like, you know, not eating that ever again. And as I've grown older, I do the same thing. So if, if there was something that I didn't used to like, now I'll be like, all right, hold on. Let's find out if I still don't like it. I'll try it. I might like it. I'm like, oh, we're adding that to the, re- the list. Mm-hmm. If I still don't like it, I go, nope, still not for me. Yeah, I mean, I've also grown up liking things, and then as I get older, I don't like them anymore. Like peas, I could eat a whole bag of peas when peas I was are, younger. Peas but are good. now it just like it disgusts. I can empathize with you on peas. Yeah, I don't like them at all. The taste, the texture, it's just so no. It's weird. They're too oh, squishy. Yeah. But like asparagus, I only like the top where it's like floured out. Broccoli, I really only care for like the flower the parts florets. too. I, I think that. it's the texture of it too yeah. that gets me. I don't know. So then, do you like Brussels sprouts? I don't. So, okay, see, Not there you really. go. I only had Brussels sprouts like once. Really? Yeah, because like, okay. my parents don't like them. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I just never grew up eating. So I didn't like them growing up, but then I learned how to actually cook some Brussels sprouts. Gotta you got to bake these. You got to bake these bad boys. It's all about the texture. Mm-hmm. So the way I make Brussels sprouts, I lay them, I cut them in half. If they're really big, then I'll cut them in quarters. But I, I buy them off the stem and I cut them off the stem. And then once I'm done chopping them up, getting them ready to go, I put a little bit of olive oil on them, some lemon pepper seasoning, 
and then I throw on a little bit of Parmesan cheese. Then you gotta bake these bad boys till there's some char on the outside. Then at the end, I throw a little bit of honey drizzled on top. These are these are some Brussels sprouts. Let me tell you what. I'll eat those every single night if I could because they are so good. They it sounds so good. a lot better with seasoning and everything on it. Now, got, now I'm like, I want to make some. You got to doctor them up for sure. A straight Brussels sprout, I'll still do it. I'll eat straight broccoli too. But when you doctor it up, it's it just puts it to a whole nother level. Yeah. I have to at least have like salt and pepper or just one or the other on something. <sighs> That's what I've learned growing up. Everything, it feels like, needs salt and pepper. Oh, my mom oversalts everything. See, oversalting is bad, but everything needs at least a little something. But I kind something. of like, like, it's not home cooking unless it's a little too salty. <laughs> like, I, to me, I it's like it that. needs more salt. I need it to kind of hurt a little. Yeah. See, for me growing up, it was like, is it a little too spicy? Probably. That's home for me. <laughs> like, is it too spicy? Definitely. Somebody coming in here who doesn't like spicy things, not going to have a good night. Mm -mm. And that's how I knew that's my home. <laughs> Your eyes are watering. Your nose is all runny. Oh, my, my great-grandmother yeah. would make pozole. It burned. Burned. Let me tell you what. What are we having? Pozole. Oh, okay. It's going to be a rough night tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you got to prepare yourself. Spicy the, food is the best, though. Get the tissues. We're yeah. clearing up our nostrils today. But then, like other stuff, like... So I grew up breakfast time. I would have arroz con leche. And it was leftover rice. Put it in a bowl. Dump some milk on top of that bad boy, heat it up in the microwave till the milk's warm and the rice is a little warm, and spoon that bad boy into your mouth. And that was it. And that was breakfast. And for me, that was really good. But it's a make or break thing. You're either going to love it or hate it. Because if you don't like milk, you're not going to like it. You know, me and my brothers, we grew up eating that for breakfast before school because we had to be at school. Because my mom was a teacher, so she'd have to go to school and it wasn't close. So she'd drop us off at daycare at like 6.30 in the morning. So we were up at like 6 and she had to make something really quick. And that would take her seconds because she could put two bowls in the microwave, heat it up while we're getting dressed. We'd get up, eat our breakfast and go. And that was that. But yeah, definitely a weird one. It's kind of like mush in a bowl, but it's a good mush. I grew up because like I kind of said or kind of alluded to earlier, like I grew up kind of like Italian with like the anchovies and whatever so we always had leftovers and one thing we always had a lot of when you made it you made a lot is polenta you guys you know polenta is like cornmeal yeah. it's like grits mm -hmm. but we kind of make it it gets hard um and then you can kind of mold it and then cut it so what we would do is i'd have polenta for breakfast but i'm one of those people who doesn't like maple syrup so i would have polenta put it in the microwave put some butter on it and then i put some blueberry syrup on it and it's breakfast okay. and it kind of is like the sweet of like the cornmeal and the butter just like some salted butter and then blueberry syrup just like I don't know it just like brings it home for me and that was like one thing there was kind of always a lot of and it just is so good I eat it now it's kind of gross to think about but it's just so good it's like one of those things I grew up eating all the time I see that it kind of reminds me of like what sweet tamales are mm -hmm. in a way because you have the the matzo which is corn basically cornmeal and then my family d did it with blueberries. So it's just, that's literally it. It's the matzah, a little bit of sugar, and blueberries. And you get that sweet, that sweetness from, from all of it. And it's really good. And the, so we'd have tamales, regular meat and cheese tamales. And then you'd have your dessert tamale. And that was, uh, that was that's dinner around like, Christmas, that's Christmas Eve right there. Yeah, I never had that for breakfast. Like I had like single mom pretty broke so I had like the store brand like the Kroger brand of whatever cinnamon toast crunch and I was like yum every oh. single morning 
The store brand cereals were the greatest. They'd come in bags instead of boxes. The huge, the ten huge pound bags. bags. I remember those. And it wasn't even because my parents were broke, but it was just cheaper. So we'd get those bags. And we didn't know because we were kids. We didn't care either. No, if I didn't care. Good, I tell the difference. If it tasted good, did not matter. I remember we grew up on those. Yeah. Oh, those little frozen um, French toast sticks that had the syrup inside of it. I know exactly what you're oh, talking about. Oh, my God. I, yeah, that's a no for me. That was like a delicacy. It was so good. Oh, French toast sticks are, are amazing. Still are. But The best. So now, since the air fryer is like the new hot thing, mm-hmm. put them in the air fryer. Forget the oven. Oh, Forget the microwave. Game changer. The air fryer is a game changer for so many things. Yeah, I haven't touched an oven, really. It's all the air fryer. It does so much. Yeah. You can make anything in there. Yeah, you can. Ashley, did you grow up with anything kind of strange, kind of different? Well, you know, I had dim sum growing up, and it was kind of interesting. So I'm a picky person, too, and I'm very particular with some things. I'll eat things plain. Like, we have this um, rice porridge, what we call juk, and I like it plain. I don't... Sometimes I'll eat it with noodles or with onions and some stuff, but don't give me much meat on it because I'm not going to really eat it because sometimes there's pork in it or some stuff and uh-huh. I personally don't eat pork for personal reasons uh-huh. but that's just how I feel but then sometimes we have like some stuff like chicken feet and I'm not I don't eat that stuff because I'm like ew no that's, yeah that's totally not my cup of tea and then sometimes like some of my family members will eat that stuff I mean I do eat meat I'm an omnivore but you know I just will not touch much of the the stuff that some of my families will also eat. There's organs, and I'm like, no thanks. You're, you're kidding. I'm not going to do that kind of stuff. I'm not some people. I'm not very adventurous. I'm just kind of plain, but, you know, that's just how I am with food. But I think it's cool to try new things, and it's cool to eat a lot of stuff and experiment. Just like when you're talking about cream of wheat or polenta. I love polenta. It tastes really good. I just, I've had it at restaurants before. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to eat cream of wheat. I don't remember if I had it before, but... Well, maybe I gotta go try, but I mean, that's that's all I got at the moment. No, that's that's a good one. You know, it's kind of one of those things. I think that's a lot similar to the to the rice and milk thing, but more like cream of wheat texture. So think right. So think cream of wheat texture, but rice. See, I gotta try some of that because I haven't had that. But I remember I had a coworker one time. Uh, he would eat uh, balut just casually, and that's just basically an unhatched chicken. Is that the Filipino? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so just the so you, you peel the egg and it's, uh, is it a duck or is it a chicken? I believe it's a duck. So it's a duck. That's what it is. So you peel the egg and it's just a unborn duck and you just eat it. And he tried to convince, every time he would try and convince me to eat one and he would buy me one just to see if I would eat it. And every time I'd look at it and go, this is the time I'm going to do it. And then every time I'd be like, I'd watch him eat it and go, nope, not doing it. No chance. I don't know how he did it. I don't know what the consistency is. Don't know what the actual taste is, but it was hard to watch. Hard to watch go down. And I always tell myself, like, I don't care what you serve me. If it tastes good, I'll eat it. But the appearance of it is so off-putting that Mm -hmm. I can't get myself to even try it. Yeah, I I feel the same way. Yeah. It's 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 polarizing. Yeah, it is. But Mm -hmm. I know if I tried it, I bet I would like it. I just can't, can't get myself to do it. Somebody would have to blindfold me and just let make, make me taste it. And I might be like, that's actually pretty good. And then take the blindfold off. Once I see it after tasting it, if I thought it was good, I eat it. It doesn't matter what it looks like if it tastes good to me, if that makes sense. But the appearance is too much. I can't I mean, do you it. you eat with your eyes first. Like that, imp- appearances are important. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Presentation. Definitely. 
one thing, I don't know, it just is so simple to me. Like, we grew up with Kronsky's, which is, I'm from a small town in southwest Wyoming, and it is a thing that everybody there knows. They're Polish Kronsky's, um, they're made with, like, a variety of meat, um, and then they're just, like, thin. They're not, they're about hot dog size, they're not, like, bratwurst size, and the way to cook them, you don't fry them, you boil them in beer. And then once like that's done, you can put it on a hot dog, like bun if you want. Most people in my family, including myself, we just like put it on a plate and then you get like a gob of mustard. And when, like according to appearances, like it's like a two, it's nothing, but they're so good. They're like, they have a crunchy like outer casing and they're like handmade in our, my small town and everybody like has them. And then that's a thing you get people for Christmas. You get them a package of Kronsky's. And they're just around and people who move out of Rock Springs, that's what their family sends them for the holidays is a package of Kronsky's. That's so interesting because I've definitely been in a place where like we've had leftover brats or hot dogs and I go to eat one of those for lunch. I'll already heat it up and then I'll go to get a bun and we're out of buns. And it's like, well, I've already committed this far. So I'll just put on some ketchup on the plate and I'm just like, let's go for it. And I'll eat it just a brat or a hot dog straight. So I, I would imagine it's something like that, but... Obviously different. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys remember or did you ever with hot dogs growing up when you didn't have like a bun, you just you would use white bread? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what we would do is we would just cut them in half. And so you'd cut the hot dog in half and lay it flat mm-hmm. and then just make a sandwich out of it. So you put some ketchup or cheese on top of it and then boom, you got a sandwich. Because isn't like, don't, don't hot dogs and bologna taste the same? I've never had bologna. I would say they're different, but pretty similar. Because I've heard that basically bologna and hot dogs are like the same thing. And it's just like, that sounds like a bologna sandwich. Yeah. I don't know what any meat tastes like anymore. That's crazy. Yeah. Not at all? No. That's I haven't had so meat crazy. since I was like eight years old. I'm 22 now. So you just for, you just forget. Yeah. That's like, I know so what they wild. smell like, of course. Right, like, right, I right. can identify like, oh, somebody's making bacon. Oh, that's steak. But like, if I tasted it, I wouldn't know. So, so when you taste, I'm sure you eat a lot of like meat alternatives. Yeah, I've had. Are like, you the like, Beyond oh, burger. this tastes like good chicken? Are you, or are you like, I don't know what chicken tastes like. This probably tastes like chicken. I'm just taking their word for it. I'm like, if this is what chicken tastes like, it tastes good. But who know. knows? Yeah, I know. That's like so surprise crazy me. To yeah, me. yeah. Like eating a Beyond Burger, I'm like, I mean, it tastes like how a burger smells. So, and it tastes good. Honestly, does it taste good? It does. I think I've had one of those before, but I can't, like, the taste is not coming to my mind. You know, like, when you think of a food, you can taste it. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't think of, I can't imagine what it tasted like, but I remember eating it. I was like, I would have this again. It was just too expensive. It's very expensive. Yeah, so How much th- is it? They just raise prices for, like, two patties. It's maybe, like, I don't know, six, seven bucks. Yeah, it's on. expensive. It's way more expensive than just buying some ground beef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, who eats plenty of meat. I'm just going to buy the ground beef at that point. Yeah. Yeah, because you can make something that's like, obviously it's not the most healthy for you, but if you do it the right way, you can make it healthy enough, depending on what, you, what you're making. Yeah, that's just the life I've chose. So I made my bed, I have to lie in it. But I don't mind. I like being vegan. There's a lot of stuff that I can eat, especially now. So many restaurants have so many options where I can eat food, like even milks. There's like 10 different kind of milks now. Oh, oat milk is my new favorite thing. It's good. And I didn't think I was going to like it. Well, I I knew what almond milk tasted like, and it's okay to me. But then I tried oat milk, and I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. I put oat, when I make my coffee in the morning, black coffee, 
oat milk, that's it. No sugar. It's not even like the oat milk creamer. It's just oat milk and coffee and happy guy. Cashew milk is where it's at, too. Oh, I haven't had that. I am going to be honest. I don't know the last time I've ever had a glass of milk. I even when I have cereal, I have my spoon, you know, full of cereal, and then against the edge of the bowl, I'll dump out the milk. No, before it like reaches crazy. my mouth. I don't, I don't like it. Um, when I was like a little kid, when you know, when you have school lunch, you have a carton of milk for your drink. Uh, my, I don't like milk, and I don't know why. I just didn't bring a water bottle. But we had my mom's nurse practitioner friend. Um, write a note to the school saying that I couldn't have milk. So they would give me orange juice or apple juice because I am so against milk. Well, see, that's so you had to drink milk unless you had the special note. You didn't have to. but I didn't have anything else to drink. Well, because I know when well, when I was in school, like in elementary school, they would they had like a little cooler mm-hmm. and it was then you had your trays of food and you'd either pick white milk, chocolate milk, or strawberry milk or strawberry milk or Apple juice or orange juice? No, you can only have the milk. Oh, that's wild. But then, like, the other milk, like, I'm allergic to soy. I'm allergic to almonds. I can have cashews. Like, I'm allergic yeah. to tree nuts, but there's some that I can have. Right. So, but I just can't, like, how am I going to, do I, am I pouring myself a glass of milk? Like, basically, like, I'm not okay with that. No. Like, that is so weird to me. And when people are like, oh, is this milk rotten? And they, like, smell it. I'm like, I don't know. It smells bad. Like. I don't know what good milk's supposed yeah. to smell like. I was, you know, thinking about that, I I haven't had like a, the only time I have straight glasses of milk is if I'm going to have it with cookies. That's it. Just give me some cold water. No, 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 no. See, yes. I, you got to dunk your cookies in the milk, but that's the only time I'll drink milk like that. Otherwise, it's like in the morning I drink coffee. That's, that's what I've gone to. But I used to, like growing up, I drank milk. Is we, that what was to drink at the dinner table? No, I drank, I drank water. I never drank milk. My stepbrother... We would go out to eat, and he would get two of, like, the huge glasses of, like, whole milk. One time he threw up in a restaurant. That traumatized me. But also, I just never liked milk. And then I used to have a friend, she'd put ice cubes in her milk. That's strange. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, that is odd. It threw me off. Mm. I don't like it at all. That's strange. That's what I think milk, orange juice, I think milk and orange juice are the two things you just, like, can't put ice in. No, I would put ice in orange juice. I don't see anything wrong I would. with that. Yeah, I just too. don't like orange I juice think that I much. C- I think I could do it, it, but I I wouldn't choose to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, like I if did. somebody poured me orange juice and was like, here you go, and there was ice in it, I'd look at him and go, why is there ice in this orange juice? And then drink it. Do you guys like know that orange juice is, or tang is supposed to be the alternative for orange juice, right? Have you guys had tang? I've had tang, yeah. I have not. One thing that I remember eating or drinking when I was sick growing up, my parents would make me hot tang. So basically hot orange juice. Oh, no. No, it's so good. I crave it sometimes. Hot tang? Like hot tang, yeah. No. Oh, my God, Ian. That's wild. It's so yummy. And my grandma, when I was sick, she, you know, jello um, while it was still hot before it, like, you know, became jello. Solidified. Yeah, I would have, I would drink liquid jello. Oh, my God. Like my family was just all out with these weird hot drinks, but I don't. I'm, I don't drink coffee. That's, that's weird. I do though. drink some tea. So you'll you'll drink hot tang, but you won't drink coffee. No, but hot that's tang so tastes so good, crazy. and coffees are so bitter. I think uh, it's weird because I've always I've had apple cider and I've had it hot, and that's good. But I don't I, like apple juice. Okay, well then you. I won't love like apple, cider. apple juice. How do you tastes not? Good. I just would rather have so many other things. I okay, see that that I can agree with a hundred percent. There's that it's like if I'm gonna go to breakfast and I have options, I got coffee, I got milk, I got orange juice, and whatever else there might be. 
Apple juice is definitely last on the list. Yeah. Definitely last on the list. After water, it'd be my first. And it wouldn't be for breakfast. Like, are we saying like on a normal day when you go to a restaurant, your next next thing isn't like a soda, it's apple juice. I don't drink soda. I stopped drinking soda because it made me feel so shitty. And then the second that I stopped, I felt so much better. So I'm with her on that. I would like soda is probably the last thing on my list, like breakfast time. Oh, if uh, I, I sometimes at McDonald's, it's like I don't want your orange juice. I don't want your apple juice. I'm just gonna have a Sprite for Sprite. breakfast. Just delicious. <laughs> no, I just no, want no, no, I no, want no. some angry. <laughs> you know, you know how good the day. like the McDonald's Sprite I, is. I have a friend like that. We'll go golfing like seven in the morning. I'll be like, Hey, you get your you get your Coke. He'll be like, Yeah, I got my Coke. It's seven in the morning, guy. <laughs> It's seven there's, in the morning. There's caffeine, though, and the, the Coke. But, I mean, I don't drink soda either because it's just so sweet and so sugary. It's like, gee, how much sugar do you put in these tiny little cans? I'm like, nah, I don't need it. But I'm just going to stick to, like, the fruit juice and all that good stuff. But soda, count me out. I ain't going to take it. And there's so much sugar in, like, apple juice, too. But it's yeah. just, you just don't taste it. You know what I mean? I Well, at least I don't. I'm sugar blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I drink, I'll drink, like, lemonade and that's... There's a ton of sugar. Homemade lemonade, though. Lemonade is good. Oh, we used to we used to steal lemons from this this tree down the street, and we would we thought we were so slick. I know they know we did it, but we were kids, so we would go and take them and then put them in a plastic bag and just run home because it was literally down the street, like maybe six seven houses. So we'd steal these lemons and just run, and then we'd make our own lemonade. One thing I remember, I still do it, and I grew up doing it. My brother taught me was. I call it a mixed drink, but it's half 7-Up and half lemonade. And it's just like fizzy lemonade and I have it at, it's good at In-N-Out oh, or wherever that. you want. Like, that's so good to me. Have you ever done that, Sierra? I haven't, but um, I had a friend. Is it, I've heard Suicide and Graveyard for when you mix oh, all the drinks in uh, I've heard. I've heard it's called a suicide, yeah. Yeah. I've so you just mix names. every single soda that's up on the on their machine, no it's matter what it is. a little too risky that's for me. That's way too yeah. risky for me. I used to do high C and Sprite. So like the, oh, the fruit punch and then Sprite. Yeah, basically like fuzzy yeah. fuzzy mm-hmm. fruit punch. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I just want the fizz. That's So yeah. if I wanted carbonation, that's, the, that's why I would do it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to be all the time we have um, today. But if you tune in next time... We're going to be discussing more topical uh, cultural foods and and drinks and other stuff like that. And uh, I just want to say thank you all for listening to us here and see you guys.